Darkness is a powerful and evocative concept that can conjure a range of emotions and associations in the human psyche. For many, darkness represents the absence of light, a state of being in which things are hidden, obscured, or difficult to see. It can also evoke feelings of fear, uncertainty, and danger as it often signifies the unknown and the unseen. Tenebrae, derived from the Latin tenebrae, meaning darkness or shadow, was a fitting name for one of the most powerful Sith to ever live. His abilities surpassed some of the greatest Force users in all of history, and his long life extended his influence for over a thousand years. And yet, he was able to keep his true identity, purpose, and cause largely unknown to the wider galaxy. You are listening to the Star Lore's Podcast. I find your lack of faith disturbing. In the old Sith Empire, during the rule of the great Marka Ragnos, a Sith Lord named Dramath ruled the planet of Midras, one of the many worlds ruled by the Empire. Dramath was known as a hedonist, and cared more for his personal pleasure than any greater aspirations amidst the Empire. Content to rule his single world, an unknown, unassuming lord amidst the ranks of many others. During one excursion with a poor farmer's wife, Lord Dramath conceived an Ill- illegitimate child, one of many due to his constant flights with females of this planet. The woman named the child Tenebrae. However, when Dramath learned of the Sith pup, he ordered his mother to drown the newborn. She disobeyed the command and secreted her son away, raising him as if he were the child of the farmer. As an infant, Tenebrae was said to have eyes as black as night, and to have never shown any emotion and would not even cry as a baby. After several years had passed, at the age of six, Tenebrae's stepfather eventually discovered the truth about his wife's affair with Dramath. As Tenebrae exhibited force sensitivity, despite neither of his parents possessing such abilities, In a fit of rage, the stepfather tried to attack his wife, but Tenebrae intervened by snapping his stepfather's neck. Following this act, the young Sith went on to subject his mother to torture, using the Force before ultimately killing her as well. He would go on to use his powers to manipulate, abuse, and control other members of his village. During the subsequent four-year period, Tenebrae's sway and prestige increased, significantly as he subjected nearby villages and amassed legions of adherents. Some individuals were coerced into following the child due to apprehension of his overwhelming might, 
while others exhibited fanatical devotion. As Tenebrae ascended to power, he massacred thousands of individuals and carried out public executions in which he tortured people for days, deriving nourishment from their agony. Lord Dramath caught wind of rumors surrounding his son's actions, but as they were occurring in the remote northern continent, and also due to his own forgetfulness regarding his affair with Tenebrae's mother, the Sith Lord deemed them unworthy of his concern. At around the age of 10, Tenebrae's activities prompted Lord Dramath to investigate and determine whether he should eliminate or enslave the child. However, the Sith Lord underestimated Tenebrae's abilities, and upon revealing his true lineage, Tenebrae deprived Dramath of his force powers, drove him insane, and ultimately killed him, trapping his soul in a holocron. Tenebrae subsequently launched a campaign to conquer the remainder of Midras, while his half-brother, Dramath II, fled the planet to evade Tenebrae, and landed on the planet Rekiad. The child required three years to subjugate the planet, and any of Dramath's subordinate Sith Lords who attempted to seize the throne were swiftly overcome by Tenebrae's power. Upon the completion of his campaign, Tenebrae journeyed to the Sith Empire's throne world of Zyost, where he presented himself before Marka Regnos, the Dark Lord of the Sith, and head of the Sith Council. Recognizing the 13-year-old's remarkable strength, Regnos granted Tenebrae the right to govern Midras as his own, and appointed him the rank of Sith Lord, bestowing upon him the title of Lord Vitiate. Upon returning to Midras, which he renamed to Nathema, Vishit constructed a palace on the site of his childhood home and reigned over the planet for a century, dedicating much of his time to studying the enigmatic ways of the dark side. Early in his rule, numerous young Sith pledged their allegiance to Vitiate, and he tutored them on how to regulate their emotions and channel their internal anger to amplify their power. A new life. After the death of Mark Ragnos and the subsequent power vacuum left behind, Darth Vishia did not engage much in the affairs beyond his planet, choosing to be a reclusive scholar rather than involve himself in the fight between Naga Sadow or Ludo Kresh. He also did not join the crusade against the Republic when the Sith launched the Great Hyperspace War, choosing instead to remain uninvolved and unnoticed, secret. However, sensing a great opportunity after the defeat of the Sith Empire, Vitiate began to make moves to secure his power and future. He began to broadcast messages out to the Sith worlds, stoking panic with fear claiming correctly that the Republic would come back for revenge. He was proven correct when the Chancellor Paltimo ordered the invasion and ultimate destruction of Sith space. Offering a desperate escape from the devastation of their civilization, Vitiate rose to a position of leadership and summoned all remaining Sith lords to Nathema, promising them a ritual that would unleash the full power of the dark side. 
Meanwhile, as historians and scientists search for the location of Dromund Cass, one of the original colonies of the Empire. Shortly before the arrival of the other Sith Lords, the researchers theorized a new hyperspace route that led back to Dromund Cass and prevented the Jedi from following. Three days later, Vitiate announced the commencement of his ritual, but when the 8,000 Sith Lords answered his call, he dominated their minds and bound their wills to his, forcing them to participate in the ritual. It took 10 days to perform, with the entire planet of Nathema frozen in the grip of the dark side sorcery. Upon its completion, all life on the surface of the planet was annihilated, except for Vitiate, who absorbed the life force of the entire world. As a result, he gained unimaginable power and immortality, shedding his identity as Darth Vitiate and becoming simply the Emperor, a figure of immense power. An Empire in Shadow The Emperor, formerly Tenebrae or Darth Vitiate, blaming the Jedi for the destruction of Nathema, used the opportunity to lead his people towards salvation and safety from the Jedi, promising to create a new empire from the ashes of the old. The people having seen him now as godlike in transcendence, readily agreed and worked towards building their new empire under his guidance. He led his people on a journey through the unknown regions, jumping blindly through hyperspace for 20 years, intentionally making his followers more and more dependent on him until they finally found their way to Drummond Cass, where the emperor declared a new empire and offered his people the chance to build an orderly and powerful society that would one day gain revenge upon the Republic. Initially leading from the front, the Emperor began to retreat into seclusion. He created the Dark Council, a group of 12 Sith Lords who became the primary ruling body of the Empire. While the Emperor spent his time studying the mysteries of the Force and unlocking its powerful secrets, he also established the Hand, a group of Force-sensitive pureblood Sith who allowed him to draw on their strength to sustain his powers in exchange for sharing in his longevity. The Emperor's Hand operated from obscurity, a shadowy organization carrying out their master's will and remaining unknown to all but a few members of the Dark Council throughout the centuries. They adopted titles such as Servant 1, Servant 2, etc., abandoning their individual identities to show their devotion to their new purpose. These chosen few also began to exhibit enhanced force aptitude such as Servant 2 who gained the prophetic powers. However, they often came at a cost, such as, such as his own sanity. The individual responsible for establishing the new imperial military, Odal Viken, undertook a military operation in the untamed forest of Drummond Cass to pave the way for the Sith capital of Cass City by removing the wilderness. On the site that would become the Imperial Citadel, 
the center of operations for the Sith Order and the Ministries of War, Intelligence and Logistics, Viking personally defeated a Tarentatech. Over time, the Empire extended its influence from Drummond Cass outward. The Emperor continued to expand the Dark Temple on the outskirts of Cass City, transforming the ancient structure into a nexus of Dark Force energy through Dark Side rituals. The structure, initially built by the adherents of the Sith Lord Farshal during the reign of the Old Sith Empire, served as a resting place for Farshal and his adversary Bacchus, as well as many other spirits for several millennia. It was also the final resting place for the prominent Sith Lords such as Aloysius Kallig and Aragast, either within the structure or in its vicinity before it was forgotten with the rest of the world. These rituals affected the atmosphere of Drummond Cass, causing perpetual rainstorms and lightning, and created cisspawns such as Akir, the ghost in the darkness. The Emperor also maintained chambers within the Sith Sanctum, which only the Dark Council and his personal guard were allowed to access. Vitiate also founded the Emperor's Guard, also called the Imperial Guard, the Sith Honor Guard, and the Dark Honor Guard as a group of elite soldiers whose primary duty was to serve and protect the Sith Emperor of the reconstituted Sith Empire. They were created prior to 3959 BBY and comprised of individuals who lacked Force sensitivity but were bonded to the Emperor mentally. As a result of this bond, each member of the Guard was extremely devoted to their leader and willing to sacrifice their lives to ensure his safety. Even the members of the Dark Council who governed the Empire were wary of the Guard's combat skills. These warriors underwent extensive training in various combat styles and were proficient in the use of a wide range of weapons, which made them formidable adversaries against even a single Jedi or Sith. Years would pass and the new Sith Empire continued to build and expand, unbeknownst to anyone outside their borders, all overseen by the powerful and now reclusive Lord Vitiate. Despite his despotic rule, there were those who would attempt to oppose or undermine the Empire in typical Sith fashion. These attempts were largely unsuccessful, however, as the Emperor had grown ever more powerful. Around 4606 BBY, Kelleth Ur, a Sith who preached Jedi ideals of peace while using the Dark Side, was killed by the Emperor and his spirit was sealed in the Dark Temple. Vodal Kresh, another Sith Lord, attempted to create an army of slaves on Athis, but was unsuccessful and the Emperor declared the planet off-limits after Kresh's death. In a later period of the Emperor's reign, a Dark Counselor named Darth Locus led a failed plot to overthrow the Emperor and wage war against the Republic with the support of the other Council members. The Emperor allowed their plans to proceed before punishing Locus and killing the other conspirators with a flash of light. Locus vanished into the depths of the citadel as the Emperor tortured and killed her. Lux in Tenebris At the onset of his empire, 
Tenebrae had pledged to destroy the Republic. But the importance of that objective waned among the Empire's people as time passed. Nonetheless, the Emperor intended to invade the Republic for reasons beyond revenge. He had discovered a way to amplify the Nathema ritual to affect the entire galaxy. And he planned to fuel the ritual through war with the Republic. During a Kagath ritual, duel around 4043 BBY, Darth Kalar and Darth Victon, two members of the Dark Council, engaged in a brutal fight that demolished the Imperial Citadel. Though the two survived the duel, the remaining council members combined their powers to eliminate them. To the surprise of the Dark Council, the Emperor emerged from seclusion and helped design the new citadel, assigning Darth Nostrum to build it, precisely as planned. After the citadel's completion, the Emperor locked Nostrum inside to test the structure's intricate defenses pleased when the Sith Lord perished without finding an exit. Decades later, several Dark Council members discovered the Emperor's true plan to annihilate the galaxy via the Nathema ritual. Darth Nyrus and Darth Zedrix were among the conspirators who plotted to overthrow the Emperor and save their empire. In 3978 BBY, the Emperor dispatched a Sith Emissary to Mandalore the Ultimate, convincing the warrior to help locate the remains of the exiled Lord Dramath and the Second, the Second on Rekiad. The Emissary also manipulated Mandalore to launch a war against the Republic to test its strength. This conflict became known as the Mandalorian Wars, lasting 16 years until Revan and Malak took command of the Republic military in 3962 BBY. Under Revan's leadership, the Republic gradually gained the upper hand until they finally confronted Mandalore at the Battle of Malachor V in 3960 BBY. Revan defeated Mandalore in single combat, while Mitra Surik, another Jedi commander, activated the mass shadow generator destroying the world and creating an echoing wound in the Force. As Mandalore lay dying, he revealed to Revan that the Emperor had manipulated him. Revan had already captured the Emperor's attention by exploring Sith ruins in Korriban and Malachor V before the battle. The Emperor subtly manipulated Revan and Malak, themselves already tainted by their actions during the Mandalorian Wars watching as they discovered his empire's existence on Rekiad, bringing the shadowy empire to light. After discovering the location of Nathema from, the, from a Datacron belonging to the Emperor's half-brother who had escaped so many years ago, Dramath's tomb, Revan and Malak traveled to the barren world where they learned the location of Droman Cat and witness the Emperor's immense power. They left their Republic fleet behind and covertly infiltrated the Imperial Citadel for months with the aid of an Imperial Guard member. After assuming the guise of mercenaries, Revan and Malak spent months gathering intelligence on the Empire and its leader, 
eventually uncovering the Emperor's plan for an invasion of the Republic. Rather than alerting the Republic of the, infinite, of the imminent threat, the two Jedi, fueled by their pride and overconfidence, believed they could take down the Emperor single-handedly and sought to infiltrate the Imperial Citadel in Cass City. Unbeknownst to them, the guard, Yari, who they had recruited to aid them, was always bound to the Emperor's will, led the pair into a trap, and betrayed them when they attempted to assassinate the Sith Lord in his throne room. The Emperor dominated their minds, as he had done to the Sith Lords anathema years ago, and turned them to the dark side, naming them Darth Revan and Darth Malak. After extracting Republic secrets from their mind, the Emperor sent them to recover the Star Forge, a powerful space station constructed by the ancient Rakata to use in a new war against the Republic. The Sith Lord publicly announced that he had executed two assassins who had attempted to kill him. However, Revan and Malak bro broke free from the Emperor's conditioning and established their own Sith Empire, intent on conquering the Republic and defeating the Emperor, waging their own war against the Republic and beginning what would become the Jedi Civil War. Thanks for flying with us. Jordan here. Just wanted to let everyone know what's happening here at the Star Lords podcast. Star Lords is now on Discord. If you would like to join the Star Lords Cantina Discord server, you can find a link in the description or on any of our social media accounts. Reach out with a DM or email. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching the Star Lores podcast. Go ahead and give our page a like and send us a message. You can also email at starlorespodcast at gmail.com. Send us your fan art, Star Wars collections, or fan fictions, and you may even get a feature on one of our pages or even the show. Don't be afraid to offer corrections or add to any of the topics that we discuss on the show. We are also on Patreon. So if you want to help us pay the bills, as well as get a few awesome perks like bonus episodes, access to the private Facebook group, or the VIP section of the Discord server, head on over to patreon.com forward slash starlores and sign up for as little as one US dollar a month. And finally, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher app or YouTube, as well as sending us a five-star review on iTunes. This really helps us reach a wider audience. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome aboard the Millennial Falcon. This is Christian. This is Jordan. And we are currently sitting above the planet Drummond Cass. It's quite stormy, quite gloomy, quite dark. 
Indeed. Which yeah. seems to be the theme of this episode. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the great, the powerful, Tenebrae, Darth Vitiate, the Emperor, and we'll go by new names in a future episode when we come back to revisit him. Yeah. Uh, certainly probably considered to be maybe top three most powerful Sith ever. He's definitely up there. Yeah. yeah. I would even say contender for number one. Yeah, I, on absolutely. You... He's contender for number one. But I'm just just to be on the yeah. safe side. Yeah. Say I mean, top three. Yeah, um, for sure. Is there some... Sorry to... We bring in 40k once in a while, but is there some allusions to 40k? He becomes like this reclusive emperor who is like barely ever seen. I mean, this kind of no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> even changes his name to emperor, yeah, the emperor. but I know, but so does Emperor Palpatine, too. We don't find out Palpatine's name until like much later, and he goes by the emperor, the emperor. Doesn't he? Does he not go by Emperor Palpatine? I mean, we know him as that as like fans in the real world, but you'll look at but a lot in the of movie, things. Oh, in really? the movies, they refer to him as the Emperor all the time. They don't call oh. him Emperor Palpatine. And I think so to address that, which is an interesting thing to observe. Yeah. Um, I think it has to do with the fact that the Sith, as a philosophy, don't expect to be to have successors. They expect to be the only ruler. Yeah. So they often adopt the emperor, not emperor one or emperor two or emperor my name, expecting that there will be a generation of people after me because a lot of these emperors seek immortality. That's right. And yeah. so they are the emperor and will be the only emperor. Yeah. Um, so it's a recurring trait. Also, when you're a Sith, it's kind of like uh, risk management, right? Like yeah. if you allow an apprentice, an upstart, who's infested with dark side energy, they're just going to kill you at some point. So, <laughs> And that's the only way that they have the right to rule, though. Yeah, It's yeah. like a catch-22. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying. They don't exactly have mentors that they expect to replace right, them. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that they're like, I'm going to pass the baton <laughs> yeah, on to no, you. Yeah, no, there's no passing the baton. <laughs> yeah, it's only <laughs> annihilation. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, I guess kind of sticking to the note on referring to the emperor of the galactic empire, which is Emperor Palpatine's empire. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of mirroring between this empire, which is now kind of, I forget what, the reconstituted Sith Empire. Um, well, I'll get into this in a sec. It gets a little confusing with all empires and blah, blah, blah. But first, let's deal with this. Um, so things like the Emperor's Hands. Yeah. And the, um, there was another thing that was like a direct reference to something. The Imperial Guards are like, they start with, Valkyrion or Tenebrae. This is also going to get confusing with all the various names that the Emperor has. Yeah. Um, they start with him as a tradition. So his Imperial Guards wear like red robes and armor, which is reflected in Palpatine's Red Guard. There's a different origin story to that, and we'll get to that in a an Imperial Guard episode in the future. But this is kind of the first time we see that styling. Yeah. And then same with the whole Emperor's Hands thing being like agents of the Emperor. Um, yeah. that's something that Palpatine also does in the future and they're even called emperor's hands again so. yeah i mean even this tradition carries on into like the final epoch of star wars legends with the imperial knights right? yes like, yeah exactly yeah but this is where it supposedly starts now obviously we know s some of these origins are a little not the same but yeah. thematically and like in from an outside universe perspective that is where 
you see a lot of those like that mimicry yeah um uh okay so really quick to address kind of some confusion tenebrae vitiate the emperor all the same guy yeah and like i said he will adopt some new names in the future so kind of got to listen carefully to these episodes because we might use those names interchangeably um and as i said we are going to revisit him we're not done with his story by a long shot this was just kind of an introductory piece um but yeah i apologize to listeners it's kind of the way it is um he changes his identity quite frequently um and also when we're talking sith empires or empires in general um it's we got to be kind of careful with how we use our words so the old sith empire was like the empire that was started with the dark jedi agenda paul and those those dark jedi and if it ends with ludo kresh and um negasadow yeah and tenebrae was born in the time when marco regnos was still emperor then yeah he was sort of in that era yeah. so then we fast forward a few thousand years we skipped over events like the old sith wars which we'll go back and address again in future episodes. We're kind of time jumping, but just to give people also an idea of the timeline here. Yeah. So we kind of skip over the, the old Sith Wars, and now this empire during that period is hidden away. They escape the ruins of the old Sith Empire when the Republic reinvades in revenge for the Great Hyperspace War. Tenebrae goes into the unknown regions, finds Dromund Cass, an old Sith colony, and starts to rebuild the empire in secret. This is often referred to as the reconstituted Sith Empire. Yeah. Um, so like Korban, Zyos, all those planets are wrecked, ravaged, become tomb worlds. Um, and this is kind of where the Sith Empire resides during what we will discuss in future episodes. Yeah. But just to give people kind of frame of mental references where we're at. Um, and the reason we decided to kind of do the episodes in this order is because we've already started talking about Darth Revan. And so with Darth Revansor, where we left him off, he had gone into the Unknown Reaches to pursue this unknown threat uh, when he disappears. Yeah, what Mandalore the Ultimate had sort of given him clues about. Yeah, exactly. And if you go back and listen to our Mandalorian Wars episode, we do discuss Mandalore the Ultimate and how he was manipulated by this Sith Emperor, who is Valkyrian, who is Vitiate, Sorry, I kind of gave that away. Spoilers. <laughs> but who is Vitiate? Who is Tenebrae? He was the emperor that manipulated and caused the Mandalorian Wars to happen. Yeah. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is this emperor is living a long time. Yeah. Uh, I believe over a thousand years at this point by the time we get to Revan. Yeah, I think Mark Ragnos was like a thousand years prior Revan. to Revan. Yeah. yeah, so so that's the kind of timeline we're looking at. The Tenebrae yeah. is like extending his life force for this long. Yeah, and he's obviously using like that that force technique of like uh, force absorption, where he's like absorbing yeah. life force. Exactly. He just keeps doing these rituals where he like consumes people's souls, and then yeah. also as he lives, he's binding people to his souls to continually extend his life. I also got to say, like, the the imagery of these rituals are, like, I mean, if they're ever, uh, I haven't, like, read them in comics or anything, but if they're ever, like, on a screen, man, they're, to really capture, I think, what's going on, they'd have to be pretty, like, demonic almost, yeah. you know, like, yeah. very horror film. Yeah, like, <laughs> slashing goat necks yeah. and 
drawing pentagrams on the floor. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a really crazy comic book. Um, I can't remember. It was like a short story where Palpatine conducts some kind of Sith ritual. And it's like, yeah, like he's doing like pseudo witchcraft. Okay, and like he's yeah. like writhing and like his robes are like flailing. And it's just very like horror, mm. horror-esque. Um, and yeah, I imagine that's what a lot of these Sith rituals kind of look like is like. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, like demonic, satanic ish right yeah um but yeah sorry uh kind of going back to the timeline and everything yeah that's kind of to to get everyone on the same page here so then when revan and malik kind of disappear after kind of concluding the mandalorian wars this is where they go and we don't know this as fans for a long time they just went to the unknown regions did something and came back as sith lords yeah this like a huge army yeah exactly inexplicably Yeah. yeah And then start attacking the Republic, which we'll get into in a future episode. So I want to talk too much about that now. But I will say that it is a bit of a controversial piece because a lot of what we're talking about with Tenebrae and stuff was written after the first Knights of the Republic game to like fill in those blanks left behind. Yeah. Um, and a lot for the Star Wars RPG. Um, I'm not sure they really even had a story, a no. big story at yeah. that point. Like for Yeah, it was just kind of left to be a mystery, but then they I think go back the and MMO and stuff, uh, they sort of... Yeah, this, the, this character was developed from the MMO. Yeah. Um, and so to that point, a lot of fans aren't super happy about it. I know I, I, I've mentioned this in a previous episode, it really just robs Revan and Malak of their agency. Yeah. Turning them into mind slaves of That's the Emperor. Right, yeah. And they do kind of go back on it a little bit, I think, to try and salvage the characters. And they say they kind of break away from the Emperor's will, but now yeah. they want the Star Forge for their own interests. Um, but still, it's kind of... I, I don't like that piece of it. Yeah, but. I think if they had made it that like Revan and Malik ultimately just killed Vitiate and took his empire. Yeah. That would almost and be, anointed themselves as yeah, rulers. Yeah. That would almost would have made more sense. Yeah. And again, it kind of eats away at like the buildup of things like the Mandalorian Wars being this morally gray experience that kind of rotted the core of these noble Jedi who started the war as like heroes and ended yeah. as villains, right? It takes away from that one, like, oh, just kidding, mind control. Yeah, well, I mean, you that's still there. You could make the argument that they were, they were already being corrupted by the dark side. Sure, and there's a lot of evidence for that. Yeah, um, true, fair. Uh, that so they were sort of open to being turned. Yeah, fully maybe they, to the they dark opened side. their mind yeah. to, to manipulation. And and you got you got to remember, like. For Revan and Malak, they had no exposure to the teachings of the Sith, like at all, until like they encountered these data crons yeah. and went into like the unknown regions. Like, but, and uh, th- this was like the big concern with um, Master Vrook. Like, he didn't want them searching, like trying to uncover hidden knowledge because that would be like the Sith knowledge, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> The knowledge of good and evil, the oldest story in the book. So, right. uh, but like, yeah, I, I mean, you could make it. You could make an argument for it, but I agree. Like, it would have been more consistent with Revan's character if, yeah, perhaps like he had learned all these Sith teachings, turned to the dark side, and did what every other Sith does, which is kill the most powerful Sith yeah, and, and then become take the over. top dog. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which again would also even elevate Revan that much more. That's right, right yeah. Uh, but yeah, so it kind of undercuts him a little bit. And I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm just debating whether or not I want to bring up this point now or I'll save it for a future 
episode when we come back to visit our friend Tenebrae. But there are some other critiques about him. I'll, I'll save it for another episode, so stay tuned. Okay. But um, there are some critiques about how the character of Tenebrae is also handled just through the MMO. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I never played the MMO, so I, I don't know a whole lot just from what I've read. Um, I will say, like, I know there has been, like, some criticisms of some of these uh, expanded universe uh, force users where it becomes a little bit um, not grounded anymore, like, yeah, like, like how un- do you unhinged. Even, from, how do you even stop this? Yeah, yeah. They, they become so powerful. Like, if you look at, if you think about someone like Palpatine from the original movies, like, yeah, he was certainly powerful. Yeah. But he was, he couldn't He wasn't like an eldritch mo- monster. Yeah. yeah. And you got, you got like Tenebrae and you have Nihilus. Uh, Nagasato blowing up sun. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You have like these characters who are like, they're super weapons in and of themselves. Right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the Sith as they're presented in the original films, just like they're, they're more grounded is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the story then again undercuts them, right? Like yeah. Vader becomes suddenly a lot less menacing when you have Sith who yeah. are able to consume <laughs> souls and planets. And that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say again, one of the other criticisms about Tenebrae is that he also mimics some existing Sith that were already established. So it's kind of like a mm. cheap knockoff syndrome, yeah, like yeah. Nihilus, especially around the whole right, yeah, consuming life and extending. But yeah, life. they just so, kind of ripped that off of Nihilus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So which we will get to a Nihilus episode too, or something yeah. at some point. But which I I I actually still really like the character of Nihilus um, yeah. and, and Scion, but like I. I, I've mentioned it before. I think KOTOR 2 is, is so underappreciated. But, yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, like, there, I, I can, like, understand the criticism that the, these, like, sort of characters like Vitiate just become, like, so way over the top that it, it's, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, everything. I, I do agree with everything. It's, it's like Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, right? like, you just keep going up and then the <laughs> yeah. power levels don't even mean anything. Yeah, and it's just, <laughs> it just becomes insane. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I, I share all those same sentiments. Yeah. Um, some, I, you know, I do like Vitiate. He's almost like an irredeemable evil. Like just even yeah. from childhood, he's just bad. Yeah, I actually kind of like that about him too. Yeah, because everyone's always now trying to be like a sympath- sympathetic Sith. Right, yeah. Which is cool. Like I love Anakin and I love Darth Vader. He's actually my favorite Sith. But yeah. And that's a cool story. But I also like a guy who's just bad to the core yeah he was like a psychopath child like the kind of kid that kills cats right exactly (laughs) like there is no good in this guy at all yeah and he he is even though he is like um i mean in a lot of ways he was very smart and calculated but like he was very brutal and cruel like an incredibly even like unnecessarily yeah yeah, right like i could understand cruelty as a tool but yeah cruelty for the sake of cruelty just yeah. because he can yeah i think he was more of a sadist than, yeah than probably even most sith were yeah so. and maybe that's what lends to his power is that like yeah i think he sort of that fed into his dark side energy yeah yeah even as a child that's what it says right he yeah. even used the anger of his father wanting to hurt his mother yeah and then he turns around and hurt, kill, like tortures and kills his mother anyways right, right so it wasn't yeah. even like i'm protecting my mom it's like i'm just gonna kill everyone yeah um kind of again 
we mentioned this at the beginning of the episode, but Tenebrae, his name, is Latin for darkness, gloom, or obscurity, again, in the tradition of Sith names. Yeah. Uh, but also his adopted Darth name, Darth Vitiate, is also Latin, and it means having been corrupted, defiled, or voided. And in English, Vitiate means to spoil, impair, or weaken, or corrupt. So... I guess I like the name. Yeah, and they yeah. sound cool. Yeah, it's a cool like I almost want to name my kid that yeah. if it didn't mean <laughs> corruption. But um, and it, even his future names, I already mentioned it. But Valkarion is a cool name too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, again, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't played the RPG or gonna listen to our future Valkarion episode or our future uh, Tenebrae episodes, yeah. um, yeah. Beyond that. I think that's all my thoughts on him. Um, I don't hate the character. I wish they had done some things different, but overall I think he's fine. I I think he's cool. I think if they went with like the, yeah, just irredeemable uh, sadist character, they could have made him powerful, but maybe just toned toned it down a little bit, like not, and maybe just more leaned into like the he was the one Sith who figured out immortality or something like that, you know, or figured out how to extend his life. Yeah, uh, that life extension piece on its own is a pretty big deal because that's yeah. like the holy grail that all Sith are trying to chase. Is, that's right. Yeah, is extending their life and reaching that immortal immortal state. Right? Yeah, that that alone would have made him like a legend among right. the Sith, but like. But to, to yeah, to sort of add like this guy can ki- destroy planets and kill thousands of other Sith. Yeah, by and himself. mind control people yeah. like Revan and Malak and yeah, yeah, whole Sith. I mean, lords. it's a, it almost begs the question: Why did he even like bother with getting Mandalore the ultimate to start a war? Why didn't he just go in and wipe wipe them out himself? He's right. so powerful. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, hey. for gameplay purposes. Though. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, yeah, if they ratcheted it down a little bit, it would have been maybe a little more believable. Uh, yeah, absolutely. His story, but anyways. Cool. Well, with that, let's get out of here. This place is giving me the creeps. Well, before that, though, make sure everyone give us a five-star rating and review. Follow us on, on all our socials, Star Lores on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We're also on Discord if you want to support the show. Um, for three bucks a month, you can get all the uh, paywalled content uh, at Star Lore or at uh, Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars. Star Lores. Uh, yeah, and I think that's about it. All right, awesome. Let's go before some ghosts, horse yeah. ghost comes after us. Yeah. Peace.